When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. That was the that was the raucous crowd last night. That was audio of the the raucous crowd. They, they at were that though. Colts Vikings game. <laughs> they were when they started to do the wave and then started throwing their programs in the air. And the PA guy came out and said, "Please do not throw things oh, in the God. stadium." And that made them throw the programs more. They were oh, raucous, man. unruly. So this is a Sunday morning edition of Purple Daily here, Daily Vikings Entertainment, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And we are from our home TCL studios. Enjoy more of what you love with TCL. It's Phil Mackey. It's Judd Zolgad. And Mike Zimmer, I think, prides himself on having his team ready early and dominant in the preseason. Right? I mean, he's been a really good – their preseason record has been pretty darn good. I don't have it in front of me, but they usually win a lot of preseason games. Mm -hmm. And um, let's just cut to the chase. They've looked terrible in their first two preseason games. Now, the defense didn't give up 30-plus like it did in week one of the preseason. And more starters played this week than last week. But we need to have an open, honest, frank, and somewhat panicked discussion, (laughs) I think anyways, about what we're seeing offensively. Not only with the the first team unit last night played the whole first quarter, basically, and then you got another taste of the backup quarterback competition. So, Judd, um, you were watching... I was watching intently. You were watching, I think, intently even with binoculars at one point. Oh, yeah. We had the binoculars out. No question about it. So um, give me your assessment and glean from Mike Zimmer's demeanor after the game. Um, give me your assessment of where things stand offensively for this team right now. Uh, boy, what word do I start with? What um, what condescending, uncomplimentary word do I start with for eight quarters of football no touchdowns the defense is outscored the defense is outscored the the offense as far as touchdowns go seven rip um the offense has three field goals in two games and that's it and yet i feel like this discussion needs to like i don't want to include the entire offense like kellen mond and okay kellen mond's a kid he's learning i mean he might be good he might be bad i have no idea but uh to me this gets back to this, Bill, and this is why, as monotonous as it can become at times, it's valuable to be at practice. Uh, I want to talk about what Cousins in the first team offense, which did not have, in fairness, Justin Jefferson or Dalvin Cook, what they did not do again last night, and Cousins in particular, and this is not me picking on him. This is an observational thing that I asked 
Zimmer about post game, and he and he could have shot me down, and he didn't. Since he got back from quarantine, Kirk Cousins has not been sharp. And what you saw last night, so so if he had been going great guns in practice, and the offense comes out, and you know what, they're not very good, I'd be like, okay, but Phil, he's re- looked really good in practice. Like this probably is just a blip, or yeah. or they're trying things, or whatever you want to say. But what you guys all saw last night is what we've been seeing in practice for a few weeks now, which is Kirk makes some throws, but for him, I find him to be indecisive. I find that some of his passes aren't on target. Um, I Let's start with, I believe it was play five last night. Let's start with that one. Uh, first series and Kirk throws um, a pass to Thielen, who's running a slant route. And he damn near gets them killed. He throws it. He basically throws it right into into the middle of the field. And Thielen, if that had been a regular season game, could have been decapitated. Now, yeah. the, now the defender, to his credit, did pull up a bit because it's a preseason game and nobody really wants to get hurt. Um, but I think the most important thing to get across is what we saw last night is what I've been seeing in practice now since he got back from quarantine. Yeah, something doesn't seem on point because. Look, for all the grief we give Kirk Cousins, when Kirk, Cousins, when Kirk Cousins is going well, pretty damn good quarterback. That's not what we're seeing, and I don't know why. And you always do have to, because even Thielen got banged up last night, and we'll see. It doesn't sound like it's anything serious, but you know, once, once you get past Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook's not playing, there is a huge grain of salt to sort of take anything you see offensively with, because now all of a sudden you're playing with, at best, second-string receivers Right. And I would even argue if if all of a sudden, you know, if KJ Osborne, like KJ Osborne has a lot of potential, but like he's not a rotation wide receiver right now in the NFL. Maybe he'll prove himself to be. So definitely a huge block slash grain of salt for that offensive performance because because of the weapons that weren't available. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, the, the Vikings offensive line and I got I got the the PFF grades are fresh, hot off the press, and they break down everybody's performance. Um, the the offensive line, according to PFF, was a lot better than it was in the first preseason game. It was better in run blocking than pass blocking, but um, they allowed eight total pressures, five of them by by Blake Brandle, the the backup left tackle that was yes. in there for thirty one snaps. He had a okay. he had a rough night okay. last night. Um, Rashad Hill also had a rough night and that was visible with the eye test too. There was one play in particular that he just got beat. Kirk got sacked. Like Quiddy pay. Yeah. Quiddy pay. Quiddy pay. Who was probably the most mocked player to the Vikings during yeah. mock draft season. Um, so I have a hard time fully going all in with the panic button right now because it is preseason. There is still three weeks to figure this thing out. And Kirk is a veteran quarterback. He's without his top weapons, but something has just seemed off. The entire time since three quarters of the quarterback room was put into quarantine for a week, and in Kellamon's case, a week and a half, it doesn't feel like Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins are ever like fully rowing in the same boat and on the same page. It always feels like they're just coexisting. And so, I don't know. Like listening to Mike Zimmer's comments last night, it just kind of feels like whenever he's at, whenever he's asked about the defense, it's like a personal affront, and it's his thing to fix, right? Right. He's blaming people, but it's also like his personal responsibility. Right. Yeah. He's yeah. Whenever he's asked about the offense and Kirk and the passing game or whatever it may be, the offensive line, it's almost like he's removing himself from it and like looking over there condescending like, well, I don't know, they got to, they got to, they, you know, right. <laughs> they yeah, got to no, fix their yeah. stuff over there. That's the yeah. feeling I get when I, 
when I soak all this in. Yep. And I, so a- after the game last night, I asked Mike about the fact that, and I, I said this is purely observational from my standpoint, but it looks like since he got back from quarantine, Kirk has not really practiced as well or been as sharp as you guys would probably like. And I mean, he could have said, you know what? You ain't a coach, Judd. Shut up and sit down. And he sort of went through the answer and said, look, you know, there's some looks in practice that he gets that are probably more towards, you know, our defense and and that he might not be able to do all of the things he wants. And but his last statement, which I which to me and coach speak is a pretty powerful one, was you'll have to ask him, which is code for I don't necessarily disagree completely with what you said, but ask him. So, yeah, I think that there is definitely I think there's always been a disconnect there. Uh, I think the whole um, vaccine non-vax discussion probably has ratcheted up the the I don't know if the right word is acrimony between the two, but something yeah something feels off and and that's why I'm with you. If Justin Jefferson's not playing, I'm not going to panic. Um, if Dalvin Cook's not playing, I'm not going to panic. However, I would like to see more. Uh, and in those three series, Phil, I think it's very fair to say we saw nothing. Like ordinarily, right? You, you get a good series in, right? You get lathered up and you yeah, get a good series. It's target practice. The defenses aren't right. doing anything to disguise. Right. They're just playing vanilla-based defenses. It's your time to throw darts and to sit back there and be comfortable and receivers to be open. You know, remember when Sage Rosenfels carved it up like 10 years ago in training camp? Oh, Stella really, Stella. Stella really wanted in. She, <laughs> Look she at Stella. knocked the door o- open, and she's very upset about last night. What needs to happen for you to change Stella's name to Surly now? Not not a lot, actually. Well, you could just get a second dog and name the second it's dog. Very, it's very possible. <laughs> Surly and Furious. I'll get two dogs. Uh, I love it. Actually, we could, we could also change Stella's name to Federated, because Federated <laughs> is also a partner of yeah, Purple man. Daily here. Oh, Federated. All, all that Who's work. a good Federated? All Who's a good work. girl? And now she wants down. <laughs> uh, by the way, Federated's been helping businesses. So think of Federated as your offensive line. And by the way, they are better protecting businesses than the Vikings offensive line has been protecting Kirk and quarterbacks, mm-hmm. especially Rashad Hill last night. He would never be able to be on that Federated staff. So they provide risk management tools and resources and um, all kinds of great knowledgeable people that are also Minnesota sports fans, a lot of them down there. I've had a chance to meet many of them. So check them out, federatedinsurance.com, and remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Uh, Before we get into backup quarterbacks, because Jake Browning and Kellen Mond both played a lot, had a lot of opportunities, two-minute drills. Both guys had chances toward the end of their respective halves to to do some damage. I've got the PFF grades in front of me, just for fun here, from... Let me pull up the full team here because I just have the offensive line report open right now. But who would you guess, based on your eye test, who would you guess were the two or three best players last night? And I'll give you a hint. They're all offensive line. Okay. And and then who would you guess was the worst player last night, according to PFF? All right. Let me start with my guess on the worst player. I'm going to go with an obvious one, but the performance was so subpar, and and I think the I think the way that they grade would call this guy's performance out. The worst player to me that I saw of importance, I guess, too, was Jake Browning. So he was the worst player I saw as well. He was, and last week you were already after last week's game yeah. saying, "Hey, let's just call a spade a spade here. He's he can't be the 
He can't be like the guy that comes in and starts three games if Kirk goes down. And I said, all right, listen, hold on. Let's let's see another game. His teammates seem to love his leadership. Mike Zimmer went on that raving, you know, <laughs> praise like, oh, he's he's a guy teammates gravitate toward. He's a get it done guy, yep. especially in the two minute drill, right? Yep. That was one of the worst quarterback performances and most nervous, skittish NFL quarterback performances mm-hmm. I've ever seen last night. Mm-hmm. It was really bad. Yeah. And even like even like God, like he sits, and I get that you can be you can be a little skittish because things are moving fast, and it's an NFL game, it's a preseason game. But even when the pocket was clean, he was seeing ghosts every yeah. single time, and then he was misfiring by five, ten yards. It was really, really bad. And the, the problem too is because he's not a very big guy, um, and this is what this is what makes Russell Wilson so damn exceptional, right? He's not a big guy, and he gets it done, and he makes it look easy. Jake Browning's what a normal guy his height trying to play quarterback in this league would look like, which yeah. is you can't find receivers at times, his mechanics at times. I mean, he literally, he threw, he probably threw five passes that were were assuming that the intended receiver was like a seven foot two tight end. <laughs> like they bad. sailed over their head or they were way too short. So yeah, I, I was guessing Browning just because I thought that that performance overall grade wise was so feeble. So he wasn't the worst player. In fact, right. he wasn't even close to the worst player. I don't oh. know how. He wound up with, on a 1 to 100 scale, he wound up with a 68 grade overall. Okay. And I think my guess is they probably gave him some credit because toward the end of the second quarter, he did start to lock in a little bit more and is, complete some passes. Yeah. But um, okay. the, the worst graded player was Kellen Mond. And I test, I don't know if I buy that. He was a 38.1 overall. Out of hmm. 33 offensive players graded, he was last. Hmm. But if and again, who, who am I? Like I'm just a I'm just a guy who likes to watch football. Like the last time I played football was in eighth grade. I played backup tight end. I have no idea. Like I'm not a scout. But watching that game last night, Jake Browning looked as uncomfortable and as like non quarterbacky. Right. Accuracy, everything was just bad. Right. Mond looked a lot more cool, calm, and collected than Browning did. Like he he. He looked like the game was still moving pretty fast, but he ultimately looked like he was comfortable and had presence in the pocket and like he's done it a million times. Um, and so I guess I'm a little surprised that he was the worst graded offensive player overall. It but, probably but, it probably also hurt Mond that his and this is actually a good thing for him, but his playing time was so extensive, it gave him time to drag his grade down. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think he played the entire second half. Yeah. Or most of it. And the and then the the only other thing I'll say off the backup quarterbacks is I am definitely coming toward your side of the fence here, and that I don't I think Mond should be rising above Browning in this competition, but I don't want Mond to be the first guy in in like week right. two if Kirk gets hit from the blind side or something. Correct. Mond should just like I've got belief in Mond long term. He doesn't need to be anywhere near an NFL playing field in the first eight weeks, and so. They need to find someone, like a veteran of some kind that you can just put in there, and he's not going to see ghosts every time he drops back. If Kellen Mond has to play, I think, this season at all, it something's gone drastically wrong. Uh, and and Zimmer said last night, you know what? And he's right. He's like, judging rookie quarterbacks and stepping into this league like Mond is is really difficult. And he needs to play, but, and this is the big but, and this is why Kellen Mond just needs to sit and learn and ask questions. Um, 
but it's now time to start preparing to play games. It's not time to get, it's not the Kellen Mond, let's get him set to play someday tour. It's the, by September 12th against the Bengals, we need to be prepared. And this offense, you know, flat out does not look prepared. It does not look cohesive. Uh, The quarterback to me looks off. So the lack of continuity there is the story. So can Mond be the quarterback of the future? Very possibly. Don't know. But, but this is why right now, I think, Phil, the Justin Fields, Kellen Mond comparisons are probably unfair. Justin Fields is a first round pick. And, and I watched because the twins suck. I extensively watched a bunch of exhibition games in the last week or so. And, and I, I watched that entire bears bills debacle yesterday and Justin Fields made some mistakes and he will struggle some, but you know what? If he had to play tomorrow, he could do it. Yeah. Uh, Kellen Mond, I think you would ruin him. I really do. Um, I, I think you would be doing him the greatest disservice that you possibly could, which is why you need a veteran backup to Kirk. Um, people get confused on this. I'm not talking about a veteran backup who's going to Canton. I'm talking about a veteran backup <laughs> who can who can literally, and I keep saying this, but it's important, run a game. Jake Browning cannot run a preseason game. Yeah, and by and I think by run a game, and I understand, because like, you were saying that last week too, and it was very evident. When I think run a game, mm-hmm. I don't just think like get in the huddle, call the play. I, like, it's beyond that. It's if there's a wide open, if you drop back and the pocket's clean and there's a wide open guy out to the right for a six-yard completion, you have to hit that guy. Sure, yeah. Like, you, if, if, if you drop back and and you're overthrowing a guy by six or seven yards or the ball is falling between two receivers and neither one of them knows who's being targeted, like, that's not running a game. Correct. Like, that's not – that's and you watch enough NFL games, especially regular season games, where you start to get a feel for – Tempo of when a guy drops back and the pocket's clean, the ball comes out, and then if it's incomplete, it's because like the coverage was tight or something. Correct. And then when you when you see you know when you see thousands and thousands and thousands of games and snaps and stuff, and then all of a sudden you watch Jake Browning drop back and the pocket's clean and he's skittish, and then he throws a ball and it lands in no man's land, and you're like, that's that's not NFL football. Like that's not right. what well, a quarterback the, should look like in an NFL football game. Jake Browning, Jake Browning, and this is the, to me, across all professional sports, this is the thing where you know it doesn't work. Jake Browning, the game, watch him play a game, that's how the game really looks. Like, to you or me, that's how, how the game, so like like we watch it on TV or from the press box and we're like, of course, clean pocket, or, you know, of course you can check that ball down or or in basketball. I mean, look at that three-point shot. That's not that tough. Look how easy it looked. And then you get a guy like Browning playing, and you're like, oh, my God, that's how the game would look to me from yeah, the field. Oh, oh, there's, like, all these 300-pound humans in front of you, so it's hard to see. Yeah. And guys are moving really fast, and you'd just be – yeah, you're yep. right. And once in a while, <laughs> and once in a while, your good friend Chad Beebe comes open, and you're like, oh, I can throw it to Chad yep. Beebe. Okay, let's – so on the on the top end of, the like, the players who are graded the best, the players that we need to cheers to, we'll get to those player names, but what yep. should we what should we cheers with? Well, you know what? The great thing about about my friends from Surly, and I'm talking about Furious, but as people tweet me, and I appreciate this, all of your pictures of, of your Surly cans, I love the fact that there are so many. Show us your cans. That's right. Show us your cans at Jay Zolgan on, on Twitter. <laughs> uh, I start with F- Furious, but you could start with whatever you want. And when it comes to Surly, what we are cheersing to, or drowning our sorrows, drink responsibly, is is the best beer in town. 
you do enough. And this is this is if I could have talked for a little bit longer last night to Zim, and instead of asking a question, I could have made a statement. This would have been my statement, Phil Mackey. Mike, you do enough settling in life. Crack open a Surly Furious and enjoy the IPA that revolutionized Minnesota craft beer. I don't want you to settle, Mike Zimmer. I want you to get Surly. Don't settle for nine and eight. Don't settle Show for Rashad your- Hill getting plowed over. Show us your cans. Yep. Show us your cans. Um, the three best players in last night's game, yes. all of them offensive linemen, who would you guess they are? How much? How many first team guys are on this list? Because I watch the I watch the first team intently. Uh, okay, they all I, have something very much in common. Oh, they're all tackles. Is that mm-hmm. right? They're all guards. Okay, I'm going to go with. Since I watch the first team intently, I'm going to go with one of them, and this is great news. Uh, this is actually really good news. Oli Udo. Oli Udo was the top graded player according to Pro Football. So Focus he did play. Okay, it's very hard. 15, he played 15 snaps, nine pass blocks, six run block, at an 83.8 grade. Nice. He was great last night, and and, and you didn't you didn't notice him negatively at all too, which right. is what I look for. And I I feel like in watching a game on TV, it's it's very possible to like sort of judge the tackles. Interior line play, unless the guy's bad, is really hard. You gotta to watch judge. the film. You gotta watch the film. But I sent. Yeah. But I sensed uh, from the questions i got and the comments i got on the instagram live that i did after the game last night that he had played well and that if you are the vikings that might be the best news that you come away from that that game with at least as far as offensively yeah i mean they're kind of the season i don't want to be over dramatic here but like the season kind of hinges on Ole udo being really good or at least being average at worst because if all of a sudden you plug in another Dakota Dozier experiment and it doesn't work well. And now you're now it's revolving door time and up the middle of pressure. Like Ole Udo has to be good. Uh-huh. And Rashad Hill is going to have to be good for the first month of the season until Christian Derrissaw is back. Don't sleep on that one. That's exactly right. All right. Who are the second and third best players then? I'm if they're, if they're guards. Well, I think you told me one before the show. So, I'll, yeah, I'll cheat. Dakota Dozier. Dakota Dozier. Who, who he was he? the second best player. Um, Overall, and, of all the of all the players offensively, he was the second best player last night. That's remarkable. But I I will say this: he was playing at least where he should play if he has to play with the backups. Uh, I don't know who was the third guard. Wyatt Davis. Oh, all three right guards were the top three graded offensive players for the Vikings last night. So Wyatt oh. Davis played twenty two snaps. Uh, 15 in pass protection, and he was good across the board. In fact, he didn't allow a pressure. All three of those guys allowed zero combined pressures playing, you know, throughout their different stages of the game. So, hey, but this is like, especially from a Dakota Dozier standpoint, dude, you got trucked by backups last week. You're a veteran, man. I don't know why you're still here, but you are. And so this was, this was probably, I, I don't know if he makes the team. If Wyatt Davis is playing well, like Wyatt Davis should just be the backup right guard. Yeah. So it, then it'll just kind of depend on do they keep Dakota Dozier as like the last sort of swing, you know, veteran offensive we've lineman. Seen at, we've seen him at left guard, Phil. I'm good. Well, aren't they also? I mean, Ole Udo is being talked about as maybe playing left tackle too, right? Like they're trying to get him prepared to play left tackle and right guard I don't, in case I, of an emergency. He's been now. They said something like that. I call BS. He has been. I don't know. For, man. Rashad Hill was a disaster last night. I I know, but but Ole started training camp and he did get some snaps to tackle. And Mike very clearly said, and I agree with Mike on this. 
if he's going to play guard, like if we're switching him positions, he needs to play guard. So um, I don't think unless something just went totally wrong that, that he's going to be moved from a position at which he just got moved to and is actually playing pretty well. So he's been talked about in that vein, but I think that's just talk. I think he is your guard now, which is fine. He should play guard. Yeah. And, and do I have concerns about left tackle? Absolutely. I mean, the thing with, with Udo is he's an unknown because he's switching positions, but the unknown scares you. Yeah. What scares you about Rashad Hill starting at left tackle is the known. We've seen him play like he's not a starter. He is (laughs) a backup swing guy. And you know what? If a guy gets hurt, he is a guy you want on your 53-man roster to plug in. But that's not a – I wonder how he'll do as a starting left tackle. Like if you came to me in July and said, hey, we might have to start, I'd say no, that's not – I mean, with Kirk Cousins as your your QB. And you know what? When Kirk again got sacked last night, and I am not blaming him, but watching that play unfold live from the press box, he had no idea. Like he, he had doesn't no, he doesn't have that radar. He he just doesn't. He doesn't. And and here's where I will tell you, I think it is a GPS built into your brain. Um, in watching the Eagles Patriots game, I think Thursday night, Mac Jones has that. Mac Jones is a rookie, but he has that ability to slide. He can slide the pocket around, and and because he's good, it looks seamless. Kirk just is never going to have that. This is not a rip. It, it's something that you should have known a long time ago. But my point is you're tempting fate by asking Rashad Hill to protect his blind side. Yeah, I've always said, and, and like Kirk Kirk needs the – when Kirk gets the clean pocket, he's legitimately one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Like he is in the yep. conversation for like a top – like if, if every quarterback in the league is just like has a brick wall in front of them and has three seconds to throw, he's one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's – Kind of crazy to say, but like he's that good when the pocket's clean. But that's not how the NFL works. The NFL is a muddy, dirty, not literally. The, usually the fields are pretty clean, except in Pittsburgh and Chicago. But like it's a it's an off schedule league. It just is. Like think and by and by off schedule, it doesn't always have to mean like run for your life outside the pocket and like pull a Russell Wilson. Off schedule can mean oh my god, my right guard just got smoked on that play. I need to move a step to my left and make the offensive line better. Or look better. And I think he has less of that chip than, for sure, than, like, Tom Brady is the ultimate statue. And whenever I hear people compare, like, well, he's a pocket passer, too, and, like, look at his offensive line. Well, he – and Peyton Manning, like, think about the best pocket passers well, of all time. Yeah. They are also nuanced great at making those little steps as you need right. to avoid – take one step in, right? And and Kirk doesn't have as much of that, so you have to keep him clean – you can't rely on him to sense something and move a step always. Yep. The only thing the only thing in this conversation that could save Kirk uh, because he doesn't have that chip is if he had an incredibly quick release, which Peyton did. Like Pey- Peyton spent a year or two playing for the Colts with Charlie Johnson, the former Viking, right. who couldn't block <laughs> me as his left tackle. Yep. But what did Peyton have? He had an incredibly quick release and feel. Um, Kirk does not. Kirk needs some time. So so that's where that's where I think the Rashad Hill thing to me is a non-starter. And in Zimmer's defense on this, that's why I think he's so frustrated about the Derisaw thing. Because I'm pretty sure that he was told by people above him, hey, Christian Derisaw had that procedure in January. He'll be fine. Don't worry about it. And, you know, if the Vikings don't come out and say, we were planning on Christian Derisaw starting week one, they're lying. Like that, this I don't know how that happens. A, he's not on. The, he's he's not practicing anytime. He's no, no, he's he's not going to. 
He's not going to. But the point is, I'm saying this. Like, Wyatt Davis. Those are, so I, those, every time I get an idea, that noise happens. The chimes. It's the <laughs> NBC chimes. Bum, bum, bum. So, so in the case of Davis, the Vikings can say, hey, look, you, you guys t- talked about him starting at, at right guard week one, but he was never going to. And I'd be like, you know, cool. That's fine. Uh, Christian Derrissaw, their plan was to start him at day one, and now he can't. And Rashad Hill has to go, and that is a major issue for this team. Because yeah. you can't exactly go out and get a, hey, let's just go out and sign a left tackle. I mean, you could try and go Russell Lacoon. Uh, Jason Peters just signed with the Bears, so yeah, there, there were uh, options. But it was interesting. So Mike was asked last night post game about the backup QB because clearly he has seen, we've all seen that Browning can't do that job. And he was asked about going out and getting a backup QB. And this is a very Zim thing. Interpret this as you will, Phil Mackey. Mike Zimmer said, yeah, you know, I mean, sort of, he was pretty introspective about what he had seen. So he was not like flipping out or, or snapping at reporters, but he basically said, yeah, we got to be careful about the financial thing too. Now they do have some cap room, so I don't know what else they're going to try and go get. Um, but is he's he all, referring to like, like the cash flow? Yeah, uh, I think cause there's, there's cap space and, and then right. there's cash. I don't know exactly what he, I took it as sort of a cap comment and I don't know if it had to do with, um, other people they, they want to bring in or what. Well, they're but also anyway, close. I'm sure they're close on a, Brian O'Neill extension. Are they going to load some of that money into this year? Smith. Yeah. But it was interesting. Like it was very, hey, you know, that's not a bad idea, but we have to be careful financially. Yeah, that to me, that comment means Brian O'Neill is about to get a contract extension and they're going to load some of that money into the cap savings they have created throughout this summer. Um, Some other things from last night's game that we should at least touch on here. So Troy Dye had the defensive play of the Well, he was sort of the, the beneficiary of the it was a tipped pass, if I'm not mistaken. Armin Watts, right? Tipped yep. it. And Troy Dye was uh, in the right place. He scoops it for an interception, a 33-yard pick six. I love that he doesn't wear gloves. Old school. Just out there. He's like, he's like, the, like, the, ba- like the rare baseball player that just yep. doesn't wear batting gloves. Calloused, man. Yeah. He's and got then, the calluses. And then as bad as the Vikings kick and punt returning has been, basically since Cordero Patterson and Marcus Sherrill's left, Smith-Marset last night, had the 41-yard kick return. So he returned a combination of three kicks and punts for 80 yards in that game last night. He had a 17-yard punt return, and then he had uh, kick returns of 10 and 40, or I'm sorry, of uh, 23 and 41 yards. Mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, there's not a lot of things you get to judge players by in a shortened preseason like this, but I think Smith-Marset, if there was any question, probably solidified his spot on the team and maybe even as a primary returner, depending on D.D. Westbrook's status once we get closer to the season. Yeah. That was impressive um, last night. Yeah, I like the fact. So I think K.J. Osborne going into the season with Westbrook having been out as much as he is, I think K.J. Osborne is the third receiver on opening day. But what Smith-Marset brings from a return standpoint is a burst. Uh KJ Osborne's a good athlete, and I think he's got decent speed, but he has no burst. Like like that whole job, and especially punts, because you're standing still. Uh, that whole job is about can you sort of put your foot in the ground and take off. KJ Osborne can't. Like it's Bobby Wade, which 
as long as he doesn't fumble is okay, but it's not ideal. Smith Marset, while I'd be a little bit concerned that he actually could cough the ball up at times, he definitely has a burst and speed and can take off and gain speed. So if I'm the Vikings, if I feel he's not going to fumble a punt, because that's the most important thing is don't don't fumble a punt. I'm way more intrigued by that. What, what was the grade for Bashad Breeland last night? Can you find that? Because I thought yeah. Bashad Breeland played really, really well. Uh, let's see here. Defensive. Over, I'll get you the overall defensive grades. So, wow. Would you, you say he played well? I thought, you said? He, I thought he played yeah. really well. He, so he, he, made was the top, nice he was the top-graded defensive player in that game last night. Okay. He had a 93.7 grade, 1 to 100. Uh, um, Kenny Willicke, Stephen Weatherly were the other two in the top three. Nick Vigil actually graded really well last night, too. And technically, Weatherly he, got, did, he huh? got the start last night because uh, they were they were just playing their depth linebackers. Yep. Um, trying to see if anything else stood out. It's funny. Tro- <laughs> um, Troy Die kind of mid-pack. Yeah, in terms of pressures last night, defensive pressures, Willikies had three in 13 pass rushing snaps. Weatherly had two mm-hmm. in 19 pass rushing snaps. Mm-hmm. And Armin Watts had a couple pressures, and so did uh, Jalen Holmes. Yep. So... Interesting. Um, it, it was it was also intriguing uh, that Zimmer said, and this is so this is getting weird. Okay, he flat out was asked and said, Chris Boyd right now is ahead of Cameron Dantzler. They are not happy there. Really, they are not happy with with in Dantzler played deep into the second half, which I, I mean, this guy started ten of the eleven games in which he played last year. Yeah. But when Chris Boyd, who, I mean, to me, Chris Boyd's a guy. But when Chris Boyd has jumped you and you're a, a former third-round pick who had really extensive starting experience as a rookie, that's bad news. Yeah, so there was really, I don't think, any question going in to last night's game about that second outside cornerback slot. But if there was, the fact that Bashad Breeland played that well and Dantzler was still just, like, playing with second and third teamers in the – yeah, no, no, half. but I mean, he's fallen behind Chris Boyd now. So yeah, that's amazing be, because at, at the start of camp, it was Patrick Peterson's going to start for sure. And then I thought, or they did, Breland and Dantzler were going to battle at least a little bit. Yeah. I mean, Breland had, had the inside track and I think he signed here because he was told he was going to start, but that Breland had the inside track on Dantzler. Well, now, and they started because they didn't play Peterson last night. It was uh, Breland and Boyd started. And so, yeah, Dantzler is on the outside looking in. And could he get cut? I don't think so. Because if you cut him, you've now lost Jeff Gladney, your second first-round pick in 2020, and your third-round corner as well. So I don't think he gets cut. But they are definitely not pleased with his camp and his preseason. And uh, this has trended in the wrong way for, for a guy who, I think when we talked about him last year, was seen as a future staple guy back there, not a guy who might be cut. But you know what? The the player that he was in the second half of the year last year is still Mm -hmm. in there. Like that guy, that guy who did that in the regular season against some really good quarterbacks at times, that guy is still in there. And I think it's probably best for him to just, okay, now you can, you can have this bad taste in your mouth and you can sit behind, well, not only Bashar Breeland, but maybe even Chris Boyd. And this might wind up being a good thing for him long-term for his career. Cause if you were to throw him out into the fire and he gets wrecked, because he's yeah. just like having a bad preseason, then you know maybe it derails his career to some extent. But what so I don't like about 
what I don't like about this is, is it doesn't appear he's embraced this challenge. It appears he's like, I'm a backup now. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, okay, kid. You you shouldn't have started last year. But I, I you're think, also a starter on one of the worst defenses in the NFL last yeah, year. So but, let's not get too haughty. But I, I think if you're Cam Dantzler, this is a good opportunity for you if you approach it right. But if you're like, oh, man, I lost my job. What's going on here? This sucks. I'm going, you know, you're, you're playing deep into the second half of a preseason game and you were a starter. That ain't good news. If you if he looked around at his defensive teammates in, in the third quarter last night, he saw a lot of guys who come August 31st are not going to be on the roster. Yeah. Um, by the way, Vikings fans. So a uh, couple really fun scratch games from the Minnesota Lottery. Vikings scratch games. The first one is the $5 game. It can win you up to $100,000. Comes in a cool holographic design. So, you know, even if you don't win, it's just kind of like a cool thing to have if you're Keep a Vikings it. fan. Yeah. Exactly. Frame it. Keep it around. Uh, then there's the $2 skull game, which can win you up to $15,000. And also great second chance prizes like Vikings tickets and merchandise. So if you're if you're in and you're pumped, say I'm in to Vikings scratch games from the Minnesota Lottery. You must be 18 or older to play um, any other we'll do our you know regular Monday episode tomorrow we'll do a little pie chart of blame for where the Vikings are at with this 0-2 preseason term any other final observations off that game last night from you uh, yeah one important one so Anthony Barr didn't play again he hasn't practiced of, of late he's missed a ton of practice time Zimmer was asked about that and I think the question I said was are you concerned now like, this is a lot of time. Like, you have to practice some. Like, you can't just not be playing, not be, be playing, and then ma- magically like be like, I'm healed. I'm great to play in games. Yeah. Um, he said it was weird how – so it was weird how he approached the question or his answer to the question. He said, I am not concerned about him as a player. And I'm like, no, I'm not saying as a player. He, he said, but, yes, I am concerned about the time missed and the fact that something is wrong. Now, he won't get in, into specifics, but I finally just came, came back and said, is it the peck that he tore last year in game two? Because that can that can flare up like like you don't just come back from that. It takes a while. And he did clarify it. That ain't it. So I don't know what the problem is, okay. but it's a different problem. And I would say at this point, because of the uh, lack of quality depth at that position, Phil, I would say it's definitely a concern because Kendricks is great and Vigil's going to start in the base. But Anthony Barr, no matter what we say about him, I think is a valuable player out there for this defense. And like to just dismiss and be like, oh, just put the next guy in. Uh-uh, that's not true. Uh, Die last night with Barr out wore the green dot thing to like for with the second team. The point being is, I don't know what's wrong, but this has turned a corner where I don't think we can just dismiss it as, oh, he'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, it just there, there's just such a weird feeling about this preseason so far, right? Mm-hmm. There's just a lot, a lot of bad mojo here, and they do have three weeks to sort of iron and smooth some of this out. So wide receivers getting back fully healthy will be nice, but like Christian Derrissaw, got to be back at some point. Rashad Hill's not a long-term starter at left tackle. You know, Anthony Barr. I know that he probably hasn't lived up to the expectations of a lot of people, but he's still a really important piece to this defense. Yes. So um, just a lot a lot to be figured out. And then we'll see if they wind up signing Everson Griff. I think they wanted to see another game before they – yeah, they want to evaluate some of these guys, and then maybe they'll make a decision on Griffin here early in the week. And we'll have you covered on that 
on Purple Daily here. Daily Vikings Entertainment presented by Surly Brewing Company. And that's a wrap for us today. We'll uh, we'll go enjoy a little Sunday fun day. It looks like you probably have some brunch plans. Yep. I'm going to get yep. into a couple Bloody Marys. Big brunch plans. Love it. Coffee so, right now, though. Got to pace yourself. La- and then Surly later <laughs> on. All right. That's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys.